Welcome to What's Cooking with Flo and Aurélie, a podcast series by the Quebec government of New York and Los Angeles. Today, it is our great pleasure to have Fabio Zapelli from Quebec company Bad Monkey Popcorn. So welcome, Fabio. And can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do at Bad Monkey? Hi, guys. Uh, first of all, I want to say it's my absolute pleasure to be with you today. Uh, I love sharing our story and I'm hoping that, you know, maybe we can uh, perhaps inspire someone to take that chance and maybe start their own business. Uh, so my background, actually, I, I used to be a lawyer. That's kind of uh, where I started uh, nine years ago. Time flies by. And uh, when, uh, you know, when I had just got out of law school, I was all excited to get into the legal world and this and that. And I quickly realized that although I like I loved the idea of practicing law, the actual practice I wasn't very passionate about. I was always looking for something that I really that got me excited in the morning. And my brother uh, Joseph, who has a background in finance, uh, was in a very similar stage in his life. And so we said to ourselves, "Look, is there something we can do together?" You know, entrepreneurship is something that kind of runs in my family. Actually, uh, very quickly, my my great grandfather back in like the early 1900s started a soft drink company. And uh, it's really funny. So it's like kind of like maybe it's like a, a full circle type of thing. And um, so, yeah, so we always wanted to kind of work together. We had this, uh, you know, this dream of building something, but we didn't know what. And every Sunday, you know, we're Italian. So every Sunday we we go to my mother's for dinner. And then afterwards, we, we watch a movie, me and my brothers. And popcorn is kind of like our snack that we loved ever since we were kids. And so we said to ourselves, you know what, could we build a better company, a more tasty product. Can we do something different with popcorn since it's something we already know and we already love? And then right away, we're all like, yeah, we could do this. And we started shooting out these ideas. And before you knew it, we had like a almost a business plan written on a piece of paper in my mother's living room. So <laughs> that's kind of like how we, we started it. Obviously, there's a big story afterwards, but that's a bit of the origin. There was no crazy planning. It was just basically a bunch of guys together having this dream of working together. And that's kind of the origin of uh, Bad Monkey Popcorn. Very cool. So yeah, it's a and a family story. Of course, it's all intertwined yeah. huh, very often. That's very cool. Um, yeah. So you know, we like to start with a a light question just to keep sure. things in. So what did you have for breakfast? Okay, that's a very good question. The answer probably not the best. It's nothing. <laughs> so about a year ago, I got I got really into this whole like. Uh, intermittent fasting type of trend and i realized that like it really worked for me so like the first like month or two i was always like kind of like craving a breakfast but then i don't know i found like when i kind of skipped breakfast and i just went like you know i went right into working and and this and that by lunchtime i had just tons of energy and actually it's long story but in the last year i think i've lost like 35 pounds which so i had this like crazy weight like weight not a bad weight loss but a, a pretty good one and so i feel like healthier i feel lighter now and so ever since uh about a year now i've been kind of skipping breakfast and then going right to lunch at like around 12 one o'clock and then obviously i have dinner like seven eight so that's kind of my uh my routine so yeah <laughs> you might inspire some people you know with with another way of doing it <laughs> yeah it just it worked for me look it's not for yeah. everyone probably but for me yeah. it was uh it was awesome I, I'm someone who loves to have breakfast, so it's, yeah. it's hard for me to relate, but I, I hear that there's amazing benefits of the whole inter intermediate fasting. Um, yeah, yeah, I was a big, so. like, I like, like big eggs and, and uh, bagels and all that stuff in the morning, and I, I miss it sometimes, but now, honestly, like, I, I wake up with tons of energy, so it's, I'm happy about that.
Yeah, the more you do it, the more you get used to it. So yeah, that's it. Exactly. That's that's great. And so you mentioned before, you know, how you started in the living room, uh, your whole brand. How did that continue to evolve? And how many people are in the company right now for Bad Monkey Popcorn? Because I believe you're four brothers. Are you all yeah. involved in the story of Bad Monkey or can yeah, you tell so, us a bit more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah. So actually, just real quick, the name Bad Monkey actually comes from, uh, well, my mother used to call us uh, her little bad monkeys when we were kids, you know, mm-hmm. we were always in trouble. So that's where the name actually comes from. She was, she was the one who suggested the name. So in exchange for that, she has like free popcorn for life now. That's the deal we have with, <laughs> with, with, with my mother. Um, but yeah, so right now the, the company, we're over 100 uh, people working in the company. So it's a lot bigger than it used to be back uh, nine years ago. And um, so it's my brother, uh, Joseph, and myself. My other two brothers, uh, they're great, but they were they had other. So their uh, background is in marketing and um, and in uh, what my other brother's a chef, so marketing and kind of cuisine. So they're they're still in school, they're younger, and so they're kind of like finishing off that. And then once they're finished, they'll they'll join us here at Bad Monkey Popcorn. Got it. So you and your brother, you're both co-founders. Correct. Yeah, me and okay. Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and so that's it. So we went literally from that like kind of weird business plan on a random piece of paper and that was on a Sunday and then like the Wednesday of that week we had already kind of uh, given our two weeks notice from our jobs and we just jumped right into it and we started making the popcorn originally in my brother's kitchen because we couldn't afford uh, a warehouse so we went to a, a local grocery store and bought all these ingredients and we started doing kind of like research and development right in his condo uh, and yeah and slowly but surely we kind of you know refined what are our first flavors going to be? What's the packaging going to look like? So the, for the first six months, we really didn't have much of a product. We had an idea. We had no sales. Uh, and we were doing a lot of research and development. And so in the beginning stages, because we didn't have much clients, we tried to find like low-hanging fruit, like meaning like what are some clients we can easily get? And the answer was uh, festivals, actually. So we said, you know what? What are like the hottest, coolest festivals happening? happening? And let's try to provide popcorn at these events. And it's good because one, it'll get us sales, but two, it'll also allow us to do a a product market fit to see are people liking the products that we're creating? And if not, why not? And can we improve it? And that's kind of what happened. People are like, hey, I love this, this one, not so much. And so it really allowed us to kind of develop our product and develop our brand over a, a period of time. Very interesting. Always very uh, involved uh, with uh, your community. Yeah, it's great. And yeah. uh, and also, you know, the fact that you are in uh, in Quebec and in Montreal, from what we understand, that, you know, entrepreneurial ecosystem kind of helps you in building the company and, you know, the company evolving. I know we know that you were on uh, Dragon's Den yeah. at some point, which is the Shark Tank equivalent to the U.S. So yes. did that, you know, any any advantage, any difference? How did that help with the company? Yeah, so I'll address your first question. Uh, I think Montreal is kind of a hotbed of innovation, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're a, a forward-thinking kind of people in terms of like tech, uh, in terms of all kinds of stuff, uh, including food. You know, we have some of the best restaurants in the world here, best chefs, uh, really, really great entrepreneurship community. So I think I'm really lucky to have started my my company in this type of environment. We joke sometimes, like if we were like in a small town, would this be possible? I don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, but we're really thankful that we did start in Montreal. Um, so that that's that's in terms of that. And then you know, getting more known on a Canadian level, and then obviously now we're sold uh, in the U.S. as well. 
being on television really helped, right? So we went from like a few points of sale to many, many points of sale really quickly. And I think being on television obviously was a great exposure for our company and allowed us to like communicate the message of like who we are to a much bigger audience than we were used to. Um, And speaking about, you know, the fact that Bad Monkey is now present on the U.S. market. Uh, we know that the popcorn industry here in the U.S. is a growing and highly competitive market. In 2022, it was worth $529 million. It's expected to grow on average 14% between now and 2030. What really makes Bad Monkey popcorn different from other popcorn brands? What is it that makes it a unique selling product? Yeah, that's a, actually, that's an excellent question. And the industry is growing. And I hate to sound cocky, but I don't feel like we have that much competition, to be honest with you. I'll tell you why. That's great. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really, I truly mean it. I'll explain to you more specifically, because uh, I hate to come across like that, right? But the truth is, is that, look, uh, Bad Monkey Popcorn, the name, like I said, was because my brothers and I were always causing trouble when we were kids. But the real, like, the ethos behind Bad is not bad in the sense of like not doing things good. It's actually bad in that like you're thinking outside of the box. You're you're trying to be special and trying to be different. Now, the way we do that, we said to ourselves, look, all right, a lot of folks are trying to innovate in terms of like flavors and formats and, you know, things like that. So we said, what would a tech company think, right? A tech company always thinks about user experience. So that's that's what we did. We said, how can we change the experience of eating popcorn? And that's why, I guess we'll talk about this later, we created something called the Heat and Eat Popcorn. So it's an innovation that does not exist anywhere right now on earth. So to get back to your question, for us, the way we differentiate ourselves from other folks is that we take real big leaps of faith and real big leaps in terms of innovating in a space that, pun intended, has been stale for a long, long time, you know? So whether it's our branding, which is fun and different with monkeys, we do cartoons, we're trying to like be basically almost like the Red Bull, if you will, of the popcorn world. Actually, just real quickly, uh, when we started the company, we had this magic trilogy in our head. We said, okay, what if we could have the energy and spirit of Red Bull? That's one part of the trilogy. The second part is the quality of Starbucks right? Because Starbucks is known for having a really nice quality uh, um, product. And then the price point of Walmart. So what we did was we wanted to have a really cool product that was affordable, but really good quality. So whenever we come up with something about Monkey Popcorn, we're always trying to think of those three companies as an inspiration to, to our business. Mm-hmm. And also the ingredients that you use, it's natural butter. So yeah, that's a way of making your, your popcorn even more yeah. um, interesting to the consumer. From yeah, a nutritional standpoint. I think that's an excellent point. And it's funny, like sometimes you look at the back ingredients of these products and I won't name names, but you're like, you can't even pronounce what's in the back. You're like, <laughs> you're like the, the whole alphabet is there, right? So we're like, mm. let's just make this real simple, right? Let's make a fun product that's affordable, good quality, uh, but that's innovating as well. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned that for you, the popcorn industry, you're able to manage the the competition that's there. Are there any challenges that you have faced, you know, developing the brand, whether it's in Canada or in the U.S. um, that you would like to share? And also, how did you go about addressing them? Yeah, and I I think one of the challenges that we're experiencing now is probably being experienced by other companies as well, is that our expansion is going quite quickly, right? We're growing. And so folks are always like, oh, that's great, right? Oh, you shouldn't be complaining. Things are going well. you're, You're growing. But the thing is, if you don't manage success and if you don't manage growth that will 
quickly turn around on you, right? So having, let's say, for example, let's say you have a thousand stores, but then you go to 18,000 stores, that's great. But then if you can't manage those 18,000 stores, you don't get two kicks at the can. So you you need to be careful. And so that's one of the challenges we're having now is as a small company, for us to manage 18,000 stores like we did 18 stores is a completely different story. And so that's something that we're working on every day, trying to hire more people to help us, for sure that helps, but also being more methodical with how we do things is important as well. Whereas quickly before me and Joe, my brother, obviously, we would make decisions randomly just like, Oh, this this seems like a great idea. Now we got to be a bit more careful, a bit more strategical with the the types of things we do. Yeah, you just mentioned the uh, heat and eat. I'm careful how I say it because it can yeah. be all be tangled. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> the heat and eat. Yeah. Um, popcorn bags. So I mean, we know that the um, that's a big concern the environment in the CPG uh, industry world for sure. Uh, popcorn bag is actually 100% made of compostable materials and you won the prize, the top prize for innovation in sustainability at the 2023 Grocery Innovation Convention in Toronto. Yeah, so that's, that's congratulations, you know, that's pretty cool yeah. to uh, to see that. So do you want to tell us a little bit about it? And you, you know, you already mentioned a few things, but like, you know, how did that come up and how, what's, what's around this, this whole uh, project? Yeah, thank you for, for highlighting that. And it's, it, it really is an honor because we beat out like a lot of really big companies that are like 10 times our size. And at the, uh, the convention, they came up to congratulate us, which is kind of cool, right? You see your competitors, mm-hmm. your competitors saying, Hey guys, good job. And we're just, a couple of Italian guys in Montreal, like <laughs> trying to change the world here, you know, but um, I'd like to tell you why we did it. I think that's important. You know, for us, it's like, okay, you can have a snack, you can enjoy it, you know, uh, let's say a random bag of popcorn, uh, but also your carbon footprint really matters. And for us, like taking care of the environment is not just like a, an afterthought. It's an important part of our, our, our business. And so we said to ourselves, how do we reduce the waste and how do we reduce the plastics in our company, right? And we looked at the market right now and everybody, including ourselves for the last you know decade, have been using a ton of plastics. So the first thing we said to ourselves is, could we make a compostable bag, right? Can we do that? And the answer after many, many versions was yes. Obviously at first we didn't succeed. We, we did 24 different variations of our current packaging. And finally, we came up with this really beautiful compostable bag that also happens to be heat resistant. So what does that mean? It means you could take this bag with pre-popped popcorn and put it into a microwave, a stove, a warmer. You can put it on a barbecue and it won't burn. So when, what ends up happening is that you get this like real crunchy hot popcorn that you can enjoy. And then afterwards, you can take your bag and toss it into the compost. So from the moment you get it to the moment you 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 finish the bag, it's like you're enjoying your snack, but in an eco-friendly way, right? And so we thought, honestly, like, we're like, people have probably come out with this before, right? And the answer was no. It's like nobody's done this before. And to us, we, it just kind of seemed like a, I don't know, like a, a natural progression of the evolution of our company, to be honest with you. Mm, no-brainer. And um, so are you planning on making uh, future products with this kind of packaging? Is it just the way it's going to be done now? Yeah, so in the next 12 months, we plan on eliminating 100% of the plastics in our company. So we will be 100% either recyclable 
and or compostable within a year. That's our that's our our our, our mission statement for the next 12 months. And it's something that um, I think it'll be important in the next honestly 10 years. I don't think many retailers are going to be okay with the amount of plastics that are being used across the board, whether it's in the U.S. or in Canada. So we figured, look, why don't we get ahead of it? Right. Uh, one, because it's the right thing to do for the world, but also two, it's it's a, a financially, I think, smart thing to do for your business. Yes, absolutely. No, you're right. Stay ahead of the curve because it's good. It's going to have to change anyways. Yeah, Packaging exactly. is one way of doing it. And uh, have you had a chance to actually present it to some retailers? And what is their reaction? Do they see it as a, you know, an advantage, a selling point advantage? Yeah, so we actually, it's funny, we had a conversation about a month and a half ago with, um, I'll just, I, it's confidential for now, but I'll say the top three uh, uh, grocery chain in the U.S., and he literally said to me, he said, hey, Fab, um, if you had presented me like a new flavor or like a different size, I wouldn't have even taken the meeting. Because of the innovation of the heat and eat, he took the meeting. And not just that, he is he wants to list us across the U.S. So we're aiming for mid-July to enter their, their it's just a bit of a slow process because it's a big company, but we're looking for uh, early to mid-July. And the reason he took that meeting was because of that. And that's not unique to him. Uh, the conversations I'm having right now with retailers across the U.S. and Canada is they're looking for stuff that are different. They're looking not just flavors. They're looking for a, an experience that's different. And so that's kind of cool that, you know, we're being acknowledged in that way. Yeah, that's great. Great to hear. That's for sure. And another element of your company that's a little bit different than the usual, I would say, uh, we know that you're pretty familiar with partnerships, uh, collaborations, licensing, and so on and so on. Can you explain a little bit the difference between all those different elements and how you see it as beneficial for your company, your growth, your model in general? I feel like collaborations and partnerships are mutually beneficial opportunities. You know, so some uh, some companies or some institutions, they they have their own demographic that they cater to, right? But they want to get their message across to maybe a new demographic. And so sometimes they need a vehicle to do that. So for example, if you take Disney, they want to obviously reach out to as many people as possible. And our company, which is already in thousands of stores and caters to families mostly, is a great vehicle for them to, to get their message across, whether it's the promotion of a movie or the promotion of a new character, things like that. And then for us, it's excellent because one, it increases the exposure of our business, but it also help, elevates our stature in our market because obviously associating with a major company like that helps people understand, you know, we're now serious players, right? We're not just two guys in a kitchen anymore we're we're like a, a real company that that is making some some big waves in, in the in the market so yeah it's, it's it allows both companies to kind of i don't want to say steal each other's demographic but kind of expose themselves to more people than they would have by themselves mm -hmm. it's a win-win for both for sure oh yeah yeah for sure yeah. and so we're looking at opportunities uh, i can't say what team specifically but for example we're in discussions with a ton of uh, nba and nhl teams right now uh, to do partnerships with those folks. Um, and we have other things uh, with other, yeah, so we have, a, we have a lot going right now. Uh, I, I could definitely say that. So in the, 2024 uh, will be an interesting time for partnerships. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, amazing absolutely. to hear that. Um, Thank you. And so in, in Canada, popcorn can be found easily in, in many points of sales. Uh, the visibility of your brand means you have a strong following community, which is really an essential part of 
the company's uh, ethos and links to the success of your brand. Talking more about the U.S. market now, how does this translate on the U.S. market where the community isn't as organic as it might have been in Canada? How do you approach the U.S. markets compared to the Canadian market? It is a great challenge, obviously, just by mm -hmm. geographics, by demographics, all that stuff. But we want to keep it real simple. So I'll give you an example, right? When we first started, we said to ourselves, look, if we want people to know who we are, we need to be where they are, okay? Like, it's just as simple as that, right? So we went to, I'll give you an example, uh, Just for Laughs. Uh, maybe some of your, your viewers are familiar with that. It's a very big event that, that highlights a lot of comedians and things like that. And that allowed us to really be in people's faces and show them, hey, this is our product, this is what we're about, and we got our feedback, which is what I talked about earlier. That allowed us to uh, get exposure. So your question is, well, how do you do that on a large scale like in the US, right? And so one area we've highlighted is sports. Sports is extremely important in the US, and that's why our partnerships with folks like the NBA or the NHL or teams in those, in those leagues is very critical. So for example, if you go to a uh, a hockey game and you happen to see bad monkey popcorn while you're enjoying this hockey game with your family when you then go into the grocery store whether you want to or not you're going to recall that great time you had with your mom or with your dad or whoever and so it's that kind of connection that we're seeking right and so through sports is how we're going to be doing it initially obviously I could say things like, you know, influencers and online social media campaigns and that's great but we want people to literally experience it face to face like we did in Just for Laughs in Montreal. And so we'll be targeting sports for the first part of 2024. And it actually flows well into the next question we have, which is, you know, the future of Bad Monkey. You mentioned some partnerships, you mentioned the packaging that's now being changed and you're gonna stick with it. And we also know that in 2020, you were, Bad Monkey was acquired by Champlain Financial. How does that, you know, impact the company in terms of the growth, the future? Yeah, so we were acquired uh, a couple of years ago by a private equity firm. And part of the strategy behind that was because although my brother and myself are extremely talented, I think, in what we do, we don't have the experience of taking a company from, let's say, 10 million in sales to 100 million in sales. That requires uh, more expertise to come in. And I think uh, a good entrepreneur knows what they don't know. And there's a ton we don't know, right? So if you don't know something, bring in people who are good at that. And so Champlain was very good at bringing in uh, certain key players into our company to help us scale. And so that's kind of what we're doing right now. And to kind of answer your question more directly, we see ourselves a little bit like Kellogg's way back in the day. So although maybe they started with cereals, they went into granola bars, they went into a bunch of different stuff, right? So as people get more and more familiar with Bad Monkey Popcorn, actually some retailers are asking us, hey, the popcorn's selling really well, what else do you have? Right. And so we're thinking, well, what else can we do? Like what other industries can we kind of shake up in the snack world and bring it into the bad monkey family? And so we'll be growing in the next probably two, three, four years into other products underneath the bad monkey umbrella. Right. We'll be watching you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sure. We'll be following. <laughs> it's all very exciting. And so thank you for for, you know, answering more the the business side questions. Now we like to wrap up the the podcast with um, something a bit more personal. So yeah. as a co-founder, yeah. what does a typical day for you 
look like? Yeah, so I'm a health nut, honestly. I run every day. My uh, my girlfriend thinks I'm crazy. I, I every day I run about seven kilometers. Uh, so I, so when I wake up, I literally get out, I get my shoes on. I always have it like near my bed and then I run seven kilometers, come home, shower, and then I, I head to the office and then I send about a billion emails a day and volume is important. So any entrepreneur listening to here, like if you think you're sending enough emails, like four X that, like when I'm looking for clients, I don't care if I get three no's, like uh, sorry, three no's, 97 no's, as long as like three yeses come through, right? Uh, so my day is literally, I'm sitting in my chair, <laughs> sending out emails, calling people, following up. Um, so I have a pretty boring day, to be honest with you. I sit in my office a lot, but there, there's nothing behind it. Just, I'm obsessed with what I do, but I also love what I do too, right? I think that matters. I think you have to kind of enjoy what you're doing. And for me, although, yeah, I'm at my computer all day, I... I thoroughly enjoy it, to be honest with you. I love building something with my brother, but also uh, the challenge of like doing something that's kind of new and every day is a bit different. So I, it's hard to answer your question because I don't really do that much. I, I, I run a lot. I I, I, I work a lot. And uh, random, I just picked up uh, archery lessons. Yeah, I've been doing that for a little bit of time and uh, it, it helps me get out of my head a bit, to be honest with you. So that's very fun. I'm sure. And also coming back to, you know, sending a million emails and getting just yeah. one yes. Yeah. I mean, that one yes feels so powerful and so rewarding. Yeah. Well, I think uh, for me, it's like uh, I don't really care about rejection at all. Like I'm not shy to be rejected. So I don't care that if most, most people say no, you know, but like that's the thing is like a lot of folks I find they'll get a lot of no's and they'll be discouraged. And I can see how it's discouraging. But I, I guess my brother and myself, we have this like stubbornness in our head where it's like, I, I don't care about people's opinions. And a, a no today might not be a no tomorrow anyway. So, yeah, yeah. you know, as or, long as you keep on opening door and having relationship, building relationship, that's what matters. Yeah. And actually it's funny, like, so, so a no can actually, I, I can, I divide it to two things. So it's like a no could be like, not right now or not like this. So mm -hmm. maybe they want something a bit different or the timing's off, right? Uh, or it could be just a straight up no, but like usually it's not that, usually it's not the case. No, it, there's something behind that maybe yeah, can be exactly. fostered. Mm -hmm, absolutely. absolutely. For sure. Well, thank you, Fabio. And if people want to find you on your socials, LinkedIn, can you tell us the, the names or the websites where they can contact you? Yeah, I encourage everyone to check out our website. I think we have the coolest slash cutest website ever. So it's bad, badmonkeypopcorn.com. Uh, loaded with cute monkeys and fun stuff and like really cute products so I encourage everyone to go there amazing and we can order your your products from the US as well yeah for sure all over the North America amazing well thank you Fabio this was thank great thank you guys <laughs> great thank you so much